Did you know that Jesus is a warrior? Yeah, I know. He came meek and mild the first time, and he came to die for our sins. And yet he is a gentleman. He always will be a gentle man. And he is the son of man. So he's man as well as God and the son of God. But did you know that Jesus is a warrior? Many think of Jesus coming back, the second coming, that he's going to be just like the first coming. No, the Bible shows us. The Bible shows us in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that he's coming back as a mighty warrior and a mighty king. And it's going to be a lot different this time. So it's not that fake kind of chauvinist pig, kind of a super macho kind of a guy. I'm talking about a gentleman, but also a warrior. Okay. Like Jesus was a construction worker, remember, but he was also a Bible scholar and he was also very gentle with the women. You never see him yelling at women ever. He yelled at the Pharisees but he never yelled at women. So he was a gentleman. Hi, my name is George Crabb. Welcome to this video. This video is going to be about how we as men, especially as Christian men, believers in Jesus Christ, we need to act like men and grow a backbone if you don't have one. You need to be a man, okay? And we're going to look at Luke chapter 4, where Jesus entered into his own hometown in Nazareth. And he had the intestinal fortitude, the courage to read from the book of Isaiah, speaking about who he was. And also, we're going to look at the rest of Isaiah because Jesus stopped at a comma. There's a comma in the Old Testament book of Isaiah where, where he stopped because that continued. It was abruptly stopped. All right, so we're going to look at that. Hey, I want to let you know, I was an army ranger. Um, I was in the 75th Rangers active duty, made it to Sergeant and you could see some of my stuff behind me. This is a patrol cap that I used to wear from Alpha Company, third range of battalion. And there's my old, uh, beret up there. There's a little bird helicopter picture of that. We used to fly in a lot of those. And I got a picture of my old rip class, uh, right down here. And uh, that, that RIP stands for Ranger Indoctrination Program, which is they just wanted to weed out the quitters from the people who wouldn't quit. And that's basically it. It wasn't about how, how much of a physical stud you were or anything like that. It was about having the attitude of never quitting. Um, also, I have, uh, this is like a yearbook that they gave us in Ranger Battalion from, from when I was in, from some of the time I was in. And these are the guys right here who... Some of them were my friends uh, whom I met right before they were shifted off to uh, deployed to Somalia. And these are the guys who were killed. And I met uh, uh, this guy right here, Sergeant Ruiz, right before uh, when we were down in Fort Bliss, Texas, and in New Mexico doing some training. I want to honor these guys. They left family members behind. Some of them left children and wives. And... Um, and they were killed in Somalia during what you guys might know as the movie Black Hawk Down, but during the Battle of Mogadishu. And um, also, I want to let you know that when I was in, I saw more guys killed in training than were killed in Somalia. Guys were killed all the time in training. It was tough, tough training. Um, it was uh, very manly work. 
And yes, I did say that. Some of you woke culture people don't like that. I don't care, okay? <laughs> men, you need to be men, okay? And it doesn't mean being fake, like fake men, tough, tough, tough. You know, we could have emotions too. We can cry when there's, there's a time to weep. There's a time to, uh, there's a time for war and a time for peace. That's all in Ecclesiastes. And Solomon the Great, right, wrote that, David's son Solomon. So that's in the Bible. All right. Also, this is the Ranger Creed right here. And I'm going to read you the last stanza of the Ranger Creed. And it says, I will display the intestinal fortitude required to fight on to the Ranger objective and complete the mission, though I be the lone survivor. Rangers lead the way. So that was what we used to have to say and memorize and um, the intestinal fortitude. You know how when you're scared, it seems like you have butterflies in your stomach? Well, that is fear. But having the intestinal fortitude means you take that fear and you suck it up and you just do what's right anyway. You're there for your loved ones, okay? And these elite units, a lot of people think they're just, you know, snake eaters and running around with knives and they just want to kill everything. No, 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 no. These elite units like the Rangers and Delta Force, it's all about the love for your brothers. You're there for the love of the guy next to you and for your family. That's it. That's what motivates, motivated us when we were in. It wasn't about how much you hated the enemy. It was about how much you loved the guy next to you that was like a brother to you. All right. So, all right. <laughs> Enough of the introduction. Um, let's go ahead and move on to uh, some of the, what, what this episode's all about. So I want to talk about Israel a little bit. You know that Jesus loves Israel? Oh, wow. That strikes some of you like, oh, how could you say that? Because you're all about the Palestinians, because that's a politically correct thing right now. I saw a lot of pastors do this and a lot of church leaders. You know what? Get over it, okay? He, Jesus loves the Palestinians too. If they would repent and turn to him, they can be saved. But a lot of them aren't as a whole. And I'm talking holistically. I'm talking about nations. And we could see that Israel as a nation is changing right before our eyes they're giving warning right now. This is 2021. We're almost in June 2021 right now, May. And there was this war going on. It wasn't really a war. It was just a bunch of uh, Hamas, which are the Palestinian uh, crazy guys who hide behind women and children, shooting thousands and thousands of rockets into Israel, into the civilian population. And Israel would actually warn them when they were about to blow up a building where these bad guys were hiding in and shooting rockets from, they would call them up and warn them, give them time to leave, and then they would bomb the building, and the building would collapse. Well, do you think the Hamas was doing that for them? No way. They're just lobbing over as many as they can, trying to kill whoever they don't care. Okay? Things are changing. Times are changing, my friend, and we can see that. And this land right here, this land of Israel, God loves this land. Okay? He is not against Israel. He loves Israel, my friend. He loves Israel. And he's going to defend Israel. And it's in the Bible. Okay? It's in the Bible. It's Ezekiel chapter 38, 39. It's all over Isaiah. It's, it's all over the Bible. It's in the Psalms. You can read it. Uh, you could see it even in Joseph's story, how he saves Israel when that, that's, that, that great famine came, that seven-year period, right? So there's so much in the Bible showing us 
how God is going to protect and he's going to rescue and he's going to save the country, the land of Israel, the nation of Israel. All right, so here we go. Let's look at Luke chapter 14 and Luke chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 16. We're going to start right there. And it says that, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as he, and as was his custom, as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. So this was Jesus's custom. And I think it was the custom of the Jewish people at that time. They would take turns uh, reading the script, uh, the text, the scroll. So he opens up the scroll of Isaiah, it says right here in the, in the text. It says in, in verse 17, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and he found the place where it was written. This gets really good, you guys. So he's, he's reading right out of, Jesus is reading right out of Isaiah. And the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Okay, right there, there's a period in Luke, but the original script, the text of Isaiah, we're going to go there right now, shows us that there's no period there, but there was a comma there. And I'm going to take you to that so we can look at that real quick before I read that. To proclaim... It's in verse uh, verse 2 of Isaiah 61. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, comma, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion. Where's Zion? Oh, Israel. Yeah, that's right, Israel. Let's go back and look at that again. The Spirit of the Lord, this is what Jesus read, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And that footnote there says, or the opening of the eyes to those who are blind. The Septuagint, the Septuagint, uh, um, and the, it says that in the recovery of the sight to the blind. So that's why it says that in Luke. Okay. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So that's where Jesus stopped, right? And then what do we see? We see a comma right there, my friends. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. And then it says to grant to those who mourn in Zion, you know, in Zion right now, they're mourning because they have so many enemies around them, all those huge nations and, and millions, maybe billions of these countries surrounding them who hate them. And God sees that. And the world media, the mainstream media who hates them. And they also hate Christians, by the way, true Christians. And this is what we're seeing. So to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, 
that they may be called oaks of righteousness. I love the wording of that. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Isn't that awesome? Or that he may display his beauty. Oh man, this speaks of Jesus' second coming, my friend, the Messiah Jesus. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Mm. Strangers shall stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners shall, shall be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you shall be called the priests of the Lord, and they shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, there shall be double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, their land shall, uh, their land they shall possess a double portion. Remember Joseph's name means double. It's kind of interesting to me. And they shall have everlasting joy. And for, for I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. Speaking of the media today, how they treat Israel and some of the Christians. That says, or robbery or with a, with a burnt offering. So, uh, I will faithfully give them their recompense and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall have shall be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are an offspring the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and he uh, he has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself uh, like a priest with the beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Oh my, this is so good. So it just keeps going and going, this, this scroll of Isaiah in, in chapter 61 as we see a chapter in this section and how God is going to bless Israel. It's so amazing to me. And I like what it says right there, clothed, uh, for he has clothed me in garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself out like a priest with a beautiful headdress. So Jesus is called our great high priest after the order of Melchizedek. I have an episode on that if you want to check it out, but after the order of Melchizedek. So the great high priest had this, this, uh, this headdress, this gold piece right here. He had this ephod which was made out of the red dye from the tola shani which is the crimson worm that they would crush and use that red dye for the uh temple veil for this the red sashes and or belts for the priests and also for the for the uh, scarlet yarn tied around the scapegoat which also speaks of jesus and our salvation but it was also used on the ephod for the colors on the ephod and over his chest was this gold plate with the 12 precious stones of Israel, representing each tribe of Israel. And they were over his heart, right? And then the menorah, the priest's job was to keep the oil poured into the menorah. The olive oil was poured in, which is a picture of the Holy Spirit being poured into the church because the menorah is the seven golden lampstand. As we know, the church in Revelation is the seven golden lampstands. 
And the high priest would keep that oil poured in. And as that menorah would shine brighter, that, that golden lampstands would shine brighter, the precious stones over his heart would also shine brighter, my friend. Do you see the picture? So our job as the, crew, as the true Christian church is to love Israel because God loves Israel, okay? God loves Israel. Jesus loves Israel. And when he comes back, he's coming back to rescue Israel. Make no mistake about it. It's in the Bible. You need to make sure you read your Bible for what it says there, my friend. So this is what this episode was about. It was about Jesus's manliness, how he's a warrior and how he's coming back as a warrior first to take his, his bride I believe, which is the church to be with him, the seven golden lampstands to be right there in the holy place with him. And then after that, to rescue his brethren, like Joseph rescued his brothers, the 12 tribes of Israel. That day is coming, my friend, and it's going to be good. All right. So my episodes are all about finding Jesus found in all of the Bible in the Old Testament where he's found, Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. The Christ means Messiah in Greek. And um, that's what it's about. So also this episode being, you know, Jesus the great warrior. <laughs> I know a lot of people have a problem with that. A lot of men, especially today, a lot of pastors and churches who they don't really preach the Bible or exposit through the Bible like they used to. They're getting away from that. It's more entertainment-based. They don't talk about Israel anymore. They don't talk about eschatology, the end times, Jesus' return. They're afraid of all that stuff. We, as men of God, I want to exhort you, are required by God to preach the whole counsel of God and to talk about his return and not to be afraid of people and afraid of losing people or afraid of what the world will do to you. We're not to be afraid. I am not afraid. Okay, I'm not afraid of the Palestinians who have sent me all kinds of, of, of hate comments, uh, all kinds of stuff uh, on YouTube and on other places, and I'm not afraid of them, and I'm not afraid of YouTube or anybody else. I'm not afraid of anybody because I'm, I fear and I respect God, and I love Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior, and I know that he wants me to not be afraid. And he wants you to not be afraid, my friend, especially you men. You need to get some backbone. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to say it. You need to get some backbone. All right. So this shirt, I was wearing this tonight and it's Clint Eastwood. Here you can see Clint Eastwood wearing a special operator uh, helmet and he's got two forty-four magnums. I mean, it, this is an episode for guys. All right. You know. Um, it's just kind of a fun episode. It's also relevant to the times that we're looking at right now. And I just wanted to encourage you guys and to, um, you know, just show you what the Bible says it, you know, Isaiah 61 stopped at a comment. I'm going to read this last verse in 61. It's verse 11. And it says that as the earth brings forth its sprouts and as a garden causes what is sown to in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all of the nations. That's speaking of his return, my friend. 
And it's going to be so good. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you can know him. You can start a relationship with him. You could be born again to new life. You know, I've got a lot of uh, followers, a lot of subscribers that are starting to follow me from Israel that are young. Most of them are young men, some young women. And it's just really encouraging to me to see this generation coming up who wants to know who this Jesus is. Who is Jesus? Well, you can know him, my friend. And the way you get to know him is just like Jesus told the Jewish leader Nicodemus, who uh, was talking to him saying, you must be of God. And Jesus just cuts to the chase and says, you must be, you must be born again. There's no other way to enter into the kingdom of God, but to be born again. And that just means you're spiritually birthed by God because of what Jesus did, believing in Jesus. He, he makes your dead spirit. He makes it alive. You ever feel that that empty space in your heart that just can never get filled. Like you, you always feel lonely. There's a deep down loneliness. Well, that's that empty spot in your heart that has not been filled. And only Jesus can fill that. Only God can fill that. And you have to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is how you are born again. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father except by me. Jesus said that. So if you'd like to be born again, you can do that, my friend. You can say this prayer right after me. You're praying to God. It's you praying to God, not to me, not to anybody else. I'm just helping lead you there. And um, you could just say this prayer and you could repeat these words right after me. You're praying to God, right? You ready? This is you. Just say this prayer. You're opening your life up to Jesus Christ. You're giving him control of your life. Ready? Dear God. I know that I am a sinner and I am sorry for my sin and I want to turn from my sin. Please help me to turn from my sin. I believe Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross and shed his blood for me. And I believe that you raised him in three days and he's alive. I want to believe in him and I choose to follow him as my Lord and as my Savior from this day forward. Help me to do that. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, my friend, you are now a believer in Jesus Christ. You have been born again. You may feel something. You may feel nothing at all. It doesn't matter. You go off of what the scriptures say. The scriptures say that if you open up your heart, you believe from your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross and was raised again from the dead and you believe in him, you are born again, my friend. So congratulations. And oh, this is the best moment of your life, my friend. All right, you guys. So I'm doing an episode in Joseph in my Road to Emmaus series. Don't miss that one. If you have not subscribed, um, hit the subscribe button right down here and the little bell, because what that bell is going to do is give you all the latest episodes. As soon as I get a new episode, it, it lets you know there's a new one that came out. But I'm going to be doing an episode on Joseph and how he was a picture of Jesus Christ. In fact, he was the most powerful picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Joseph, he was always my favorite character in the Bible, but you're going to see why one fourth, 25%. 
of the first book of Moses, Genesis, the book of beginnings, was devoted to this one man, Joseph. And you know why? Because he was a picture of Jesus Christ. So that would be like going to college for a four-year degree in world history and spending your last whole year on one man. Wow. I think God's trying to tell us something in his story. All right, my friend. Well, hey, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And may the Lord shine his loving face upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. George Crabb, signing out.